0: Hello and welcome to Conversations from the Edge, a podcast by ServiceLogic. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. As technical products, software, or ideas come to light, ServiceLogic wants to ensure you are seeing them and that you have the ability to watch these at your leisure. And today we are talking about Blade Air. We'll have an introduction to the company that is making lives better by creating healthy and safe indoor air. I want to bring on our guests today. We have Aiden Fita, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Blade Air, and of course, Greg Crum who is the vice president of Service Logic? Thank you both for being with me today.
1: Good morning. Um, glad to see both of you this morning. It's um, it, it's a really cool time of year to talk about this too. We're heading into the spring, so we think of fresh air, we think of outdoor air, and uh, this technology. Michelle came to us through one of our uh, operating companies, applied uh, up in Canada, and. Um, When I was up there recently, they were telling me about this product and about these cool guys. So, you know what? I thought, hey, let's get them on and talk about it so we could all learn a little bit more. And uh, so today, Aiden's going to come on and and, uh, talk to us about the technology, uh, the history of the company, and kind of get us going so people can make an informed uh, decision and or conversation, have a conversation about the products.
0: Wonderful. So, Aiden, we're really excited to have you with us, and looking forward to this conversation as well. So, let's start off with a little bit of a background, if we can, from you.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you both so much for for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here and to meet both of you. So, so thank you very much. This is a fantastic opportunity for us. But uh, myself, I uh, I started the company with my two business partners, uh, Joe and Giancarlo, back in 2017 when uh, we were all still in university and. We've grown it into something quite special and are looking to continue to grow. And, and the technology that we have right now is, is truly extraordinary. The the jobs that we've done with Applied that Greg was mentioning are very, very uh, interesting. And, and I think that when we get into some of the work that we have done and the results that we've seen, it, it's going to change the way that, that people are looking at indoor air quality uh, moving forward.
1: That's good stuff for me, Aiden. Um, As you know, coming off of the pandemic, uh, indoor air quality kind of resurfaced as a major talking point for a lot of companies and a lot of people in general. And uh, it's funny to me how the ebb and flow of indoor air quality has gone over the last, God, I don't know, forty years that I've been in the industry. Um, It kind of it'll surface for a while, and then we'll come up with some technology. And then it settles back down and then something happens, whether it's energy, uh, well, in this case, our one and only pandemic uh, that brought indoor air quality back to uh, the mainstream conversation. And I think, you know, from what I've been able to deduct from from your work and your case studies and understanding the technology, you guys are bringing in a, a totally new way of thinking about indoor air quality. So anxious to learn about it. And, uh, you know, basically, I'm going to be quiet and learn something here. So looking forward to that.
0: (laughs) And, you know, Aiden, I second Greg's, you know, thought process with uh, anxious to hear about the company. So let's start up with that. Can you give us a little bit more of a a history and a background? I know you talked about the founding of the company, but really kind of the nuts and bolts of the company and what they do.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So at Blade, we, uh, we, we focus on making lives better by creating healthy and safe indoor uh, air. And, and we do this through the utilization of a suite of indoor air quality technology products. So our company is very focused on um, making sure that we find the right solution to the right problem. And so in order to do that, we actually have a variety of technologies that we manufacture, anything from carbon filters to standalone HEPA air purifiers, Uh, UV lights, whether they're standalone units or induct solutions, and uh, our electrostatic filters. We have everything from intake to exhaust to areas lacking mechanical ventilation that can be serviced and help customers really address the issues that they're looking to resolve, whether it's a combination of them or whether it's uh, just a specific issue in general that they're looking to overcome. We are very focused on flexible solutions and and again we don't want to sell a customer a solution because it's the only product that we have we want to sell them the right solution to their problem and so and that way we're never plugging a uh a square hole with a round peg, we're always finding the right.
0: Yeah, I love that you said the right solution for the right problem, because it's it's not just a one fix all type of remedy. Um, so I'm curious, and I'm sure Greg is very eager to hear this as well. You kind of have a little bit more of an insight with, you know, exactly how the company works. What can you share with us today?
2: Uh, I can share that we have done the what I believe is the single largest indoor air quality Uh, or supplemental indoor air quality technology upgrade to a school board in North America, which is uh, the Peel District School Board. So that was all 261 locations, uh, about 20 million square feet, and about 6,700 UV lamps went in there. And that was actually working uh, with applied systems on that project. We have also been able to achieve as much as a 75% reduction in fan motor consumption uh, in the field for a client replacing their existing MERV 13s, while still improving their indoor air quality with our electrostatic technology. So uh, where we are headed right now is we are very focused on education, innovation, and forward thinking. We want to be in the position to uh, enable both our clients and our partners to take advantage of the technology solutions that we have. And so uh, we're, we're very focused on being a good partner in that sense. So from an internal operations perspective, We treat our partners the same way we treat our clients. Uh, Anything that we can do in order to help service them or give them the resources that they need, that's what we're focused on. So we have a very uh, knowledgeable and very keen R&D team. Our marketing team works around the clock trying to ensure that we have all of the right materials, all of the right information presented, and uh, we have a bunch of great people uh, both working in the back end, supporting the operations and people on the front end who are giving that customer experience and allowing people to to see what it's like to work with, with us as a partner.
1: Okay, Aiden, all of that sounds really good and interesting. And I know that y'all have got your, your uh, facts straight and your organization aligned. Give us some insight to the technology of how you do this. So you've talked about several different products. You talked about UV and you mm-hmm. talked about electrostatic air filtration. So why don't you dive into that so we can kind of understand how you apply these technologies, when and why?
2: Sure, absolutely. So uh, with regards to our UV, we actually have the single highest output per bulb available in the market. So uh, one of the key differentiating factors is that whereas most traditional competitors are using a filamented bulb that gives you anywhere from, let's say, 7,000 to 17,000 hours of lamp life, they're made out of soft glass, they degrade quickly, and they need to be constantly replaced, and the UV output per bulb is relatively low. Uh, In about a 25-inches-by-10-inch parcel, we're delivering 300 watts of UV uh, UVC dialed into 253.7 nanometer wavelength, and our lamp is actually getting about 55,200 hours of runtime before any servicing needs to take place. So uh, again, it makes installation incredibly easy, incredibly fast, because you no longer need to find a seven-foot runway of straight duct or retrofit in uh, seven feet of straight duct in order to install these units. Uh, we've made them where they're a stackable solution. You can line them out, you can wrap the duct with them, but you only need about three feet of space to actually work. And the results that we're seeing with this is incredible. Even measured from a meter out from that bulb, we're coming in at about 1650 microjoules per centimeter squared, which uh, Ashray recommendation for inactivation is about 1500 uh, microjoules per centimeter squared. So as you can see, uh, even a meter away from our bulb, we're still meeting that energy threshold. Uh, on the and, and sorry, to answer the other part of that question, we're generally seeing the UV being installed where we have customers who are considered at-risk or high-risk. So schools is a perfect example of this, where you have such a, a melting pot of students, a variety of health conditions and, and health concerns. And so when you need the absolute best uh, technology that we have, that's where we are pushing our UV lamps. Uh, same as applicable towards long-term care, Um, and retirement homes uh, and anything along those lines where, again, you have those at-risk individuals and you're really, really focused on just providing the best indoor air quality you can. Uh, The technology is third-party lab tested. Uh, It's not done by a university. It's not a white paper. We send these off to Tier 3 accredited labs who are testing against live virus. And uh, a very interesting uh, point that we've uh, very recently been researching is actually our UV light in combination with other MERV rated filters to help our clients make informed decisions about what they need to be using. Uh, post-pandemic standard very quickly shifted to a MERV 13 from a MERV 8 or a MERV 10. And a lot of the equipment that's out there today can't handle that type of back pressure as as we know. And so uh, what we're focused on right now is again, going back to that educational component, forward thinking, innovation. And uh, what we've actually seen is our, Merv, our, our UV light coupled with a MERV-8 filter is giving you the same level of inactivation or, or total removal because we're not actually capturing with UV, we're just inactivating. Uh, but we'll, we'll call it total removal or inactivation. Uh, we actually saw the MERV-8 with our UV light was giving you the same results as a MERV-13 would by itself, uh, which is extraordinary in terms of results because Ashray was actually recommending a MERV-11 uh, with, with a UV lamp. And so it just speaks to the efficacy of the technology itself. Um, and happy to share any of that testing as well, if anybody has questions.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's really important, too. Um, you know, different technology uses different ways of, of killing virus. Um, it also, uh, I'm curious, I, I, when I read about UV, I read about it being being applied in different uh, different locations within the mechanical system. Is it supposed to be on the evaporator or chilled water coil so we're, we're killing anything on the coil? Is it in the air handler where the fan is or is it in the supply air duct? So what? what is the, is there a best practice on location and what are the alternatives and then what are uh, additional steps? Is it like, uh, return air and supply give us a little bit of the flavor of where and, and what what makes the determination of where to apply it uh
2: that's that's a genuinely great question and uh uh it's it's not a a single answer it's it's a yes and uh with our technology generally the way that we've applied it to date is for supplemental air sanitization that's been our primary focus is is uh inactivating those airborne pathogens as they're coming by and so with in in that sense we find that the best place to install is actually on the supply side uh, because generally you have a little bit more room there's a little bit more flexibility and that way you're serving 100% of the air Uh, with our units though the way that they're designed and the compact nature of the actual uh, installation and, and how it can be installed is that you can go on the return side as well. And and to your point, the massive benefit of going on the return side is that you get that opportunity to use it as a coil cleaner. And uh, one of the aspects that we're actually working on right now is a, is a free trial for coil cleaning purposes with our UV technology, because uh, what we're seeing in the market is that customers are generating significant energy savings from that coil cleaning perspective. Um, And so if we can do both at the same time where we're, helping to sanitize the air or uh, adding that extra benefit of inactivation while also have a, having a focus on keeping that coil clean and pristine and working in optimal conditions, uh, you're going to have a double whammy effect. And and actually, Greg, the, the reason why your question is, is actually so layered is because that goes back to the point of sustainability when we talk about indoor air quality and and uh, indoor air quality technologies. There was a big question about uh, with Murph 13s becoming the new standard, how sustainable is the HVAC industry now? And to that, uh, we've been very focused on trying to find uh, ways and means of of bringing that sustainability component back, energy savings, so on and so forth. And uh, the coil cleaning is a huge, huge aspect to that that actually will pay dividends if applied properly. And so uh, we're working on the trial for that right now, trying to define what the parameters are, but would be very happy to share that. But to answer your question again in a very, very short way, lots of flexibility on the install. Uh, We can even go inside of that supply uh, plenum. We've done it in rooftop units. My one suggestion on that is uh, to make sure that your client is changing their filters as scheduled and not a day later. Because if uh, they say they're changing every three months, but they're changing every six months, well, there might not be a lot of filter left to come back and change because that UV light will start to break it down over
1: time. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, you know, when I guess when COVID first started, I got really energized again about different ways to to solve the indoor air quality. And I learned all kinds of, of, of kinds of information like dosometers or dosimeters, I guess, and, and how do you you know, people say we're cleaning the air or we're we're treating the air with UV, but how do you know it's effective? And you know, I met a lady who provides the test kit so you can put a strip in there. And you can actually see that it is working. So it, it's interesting that there are many ways to attack the problem. Sign me up for the free trial because I, I would love to. We do some pilot programs with different technology and if we can prove it, especially in our own facilities, because we have 106 locations around the states and, and Canada. Um, so we've got a really good test bed of our own air conditioning equipment that we get to play with. Uh, so love to, to, you know, actually see that. The, the MERV rating question to me is really interesting. Uh, you know, the, the popular topic during COVID was just add a HEPA add a HEPA filter. Well, most people don't even know what a HEPA filter is. And um, systems aren't built for that kind of filtration, you know, normal air conditioning that we all utilize in our in our offices. And if you can keep that MERV rating down, and, and Michelle, you're not a, a filter lady, but the lower the number, the easier the air passes through. So if you're at a MERV 8, it's less work on the fan motor to move the air through the system as opposed to a MERV thirteen, and then the HEPA is like the ultimate big daddy filter. So, the lower you can keep that MERV rating and still be effective, then the better it is for a couple of reasons. Cost wise, uh, buying the filter is much cheaper to buy a MERV eight than it is an eight or eleven or, thir- or I'm sorry, eleven or thirteen, and then if you couple that with uh, another means of, of killing uh, uh, pathogens uh, you're you're getting a much cleaner system for less money. We sell full coverage maintenance contracts where we're responsible for buying the air filters, not the customer. So that's really uh, interesting for me to think about if we can lower our overall spend on filtration and still deliver the same or better quality of air. So that's a that's a great point for us to think about internally.
0: You know, to Greg's point, I have to ask this cuz I'm curious not being the filter lady, but you know, Greg, you you said that a lot of people don't even understand what a HEPA filter does. So let me ask you this, Aiden, what misconceptions do you see when you're, you know, selling Blade and what it does. I mean, of course, our ultimate goal is to keep people healthy and safe. There is the cost aspect there, but what kind of misconceptions do you see by the the audience and uh, your potential customers when it comes to purifying air?
2: So, uh, I think again, it's it's another great question, and and it's uh, it'll actually lead us into the second technology as well. And just going back to actually what what Greg said about HEPA, it, it really is that misconception because everybody knows what HEPA is in theory. They know it's a very, very good filter. They know that uh, it's gold standard of industry. They know it's used in hospitals, and they know it has high efficiency uh, for arrestants. And so there's that general knowledge about it. But what, uh, going back to Greg's point, they don't understand is the amount of pressure that it puts on a system. And so uh, when you take a MERV 8 one-inch filter, for example, you're looking at about 0.3 inches of water column maybe on that. Whereas, if you look at a HEPA filter of the same, you're probably at an inch of water column, maybe more. And so you have a tremendous amount of pressure going on to your system, which forces your fan to work harder. And a lot of these systems that aren't designed for this solution can't actually handle it. So, uh, we actually had a client ask us, uh, and th- this is how it ties into the electrostatic filters. I'm uh, going to move, uh, I guess I'll transition to that now. Um, we had a client ask us once. I need you to tell me why your electrostatic filters are a better solution than me installing a HEPA filter. And uh, our chief innovation officer, Joe, uh, he actually found this incredible uh, study that had been done out of the University of Boulder, Colorado. And what the purpose of this study was, was to show is that in a constant volume unit, comparing apples to apples, if you use a if, – if your baseline is a MERV 8 or a MERV 10, and you move to a MERV-13, you have about a 10% increase in efficiency in the removal of the SARS-CoV-2 or or COVID from the airstream. If you went to 100% fresh air, you were actually up to 11%, but your energy increase was 54%. So it's untenable. With the uh, MERV-13, you had extra strain on the system. You had extra back pressure building. And so a little bit more wear and tear going on, and, and you'll see the acceleration of the depreciation of the acid. But when you put a HEPA filter in, there's only a 5% increase. And the reason for that is because there's just no air movement. If you're not moving air, then, then you can't filter anything through it because you're just not moving it fast enough. And so that's why there's this this ongoing debate in the scientific community of the of the HVAC industry about first pass versus time trials, right? Because if you look at it on a first pass capacity, you can't beat a HEPA filter. But if you have that extra incremental airflow from having a filter that allows the air to move more easily, uh, that has very strong performance, then you're going to end up removing more over time, uh, because you actually get an opportunity or you get a second, third and fourth, uh, whack at bat, uh, versus just the one or two air changes that you're getting with a HEPA filter. So it all comes down to, uh, understanding how the technology is being used and what the actual implications of that are. If clients were looking to install HEPA filters, they would need to have a system that was designed to accept HEPA. Otherwise, they would just end up destroying their own systems.
1: Well, Aiden, I think that goes way back to people being component specialists versus systemic specialists. And if you're looking at an air filter of what that you know, 24 by 24 by one air filter does, what you're describing is a snapshot versus a video. And if you're looking at a system that has uh, continuous movement with the proper CFM through the system, you are going to catch more debris by moving the proper CFM over a longer period of time as just a snapshot is is kind of my uh, layman's terms way of understanding that. So, all right. Electrostatic air filters. Uh, I've heard about those since I was a kid and I'm old. So, you know, like, what's the difference between the model T electrostatic that I grew up with versus what Blade now has in a modern, you know, current era filter. What, tell me, tell me where we're at with that uh, technology.
2: So I I will start by, by giving the context of saying this isn't the uh, the electrostatic filter that's been in the market for the last uh, 20 plus years. And, uh, really, what the difference comes down to is uh, it's not an electrostatic precipitator. It's it's not uh, a system that's charging particles further down the airstream and then capturing in the filter itself. Um, this is an all-in-one solution that replaces existing HVAC filters. And our key difference is that uh, in comparison to just a standard HVAC electrostatic filter that has a passive charge through it, we are actually introducing a live current into this filter. So we're running uh, 24 volts AC through the bed, and we have uh, what we call these carbon fingers that run all the way through uh, the filter material or the media. And that media is actually made out of uh, a lofted glass, so uh, a fiberglass. And what we're doing is with this live current is we're actually, we are charging the particles around it, so that way we can actually capture them into our bed and rather than front loading the filter like you would see on a traditional mer filter you're actually loading all the way through that filter media and so one of our resellers actually keeps a dirty filter on site so that he could show his clients exactly how these look. um but as we're loading it into the bed we're spiraling it around those coils that are inside the fiberglass in order to truly keep it in there and then because you're still running a live current, you're getting inactivation across the bed as well. So it's a kill capture combination uh, that you're actually seeing. Um, the key difference in the technology as it was, is uh, what we have taken what, what what we've seen, where we've taken it and where it's going. So this technology is not new. It's not novel, right? It's been around for a long time. What we've done is we've improved its efficiency. So we have... Uh, carb, uh, sorry, we have a UL eight six seven. We are carb certified, uh, but we are also UL two nine nine eight compliant. One of the biggest issues with these technologies back in the day was that they were huge ozone generators. Uh, we now have the power. Uh, we now have the power threshold so low that you are not actually generating ozone. You are at one point one parts per billion, which is twenty percent of the threshold required uh, by UL two nine nine eight, which is five parts per billion or under five. So as you can see, the, the ozone generation is absolutely nothing. But by designing the the bed or the media as we have, we've been able to increase its capture efficacy. Uh, the live current is adding to its filtration efficacy further because you're getting that inactivation as well. And what we've seen uh, testing, uh, we again, we lab test and field test everything in our products. Uh, and where the product was, was, you know, they used to be, uh, great, they used to give you a uh, relatively decent and maybe like a MERV 8, MERV 10 type of idea. Now what we've seen is that uh, we can pass a an ASHRAE 52.2 test. We have a MERV 13 equivalency rating on it, but we also have an engineering stamp letter that shows that we actually outperform HEPA in the viral range. And so the reason that we're able to do that is because if you look at how... HEPA is capturing and how these MERV filters are capturing, it's a passive uh, way, right? A- the air moves through the filter, and it captures it as it moves through. Uh, the problem is, is that these materials that they're made out of are so porous that they actually can't capture in that submicron range. So most of your airborne pathogens, like your viruses, SARS-CoV-2 is a perfect example, 0.124 uh, microns in size. Uh, that's actually not being measured in a HEPA filter. And so when we tested against a bypass and a full flow system, we saw that as the particulate size got smaller, our performance was actually exponentially higher than that of HEPA. And the, the consensus is that uh, the smaller the particulate, the more hazardous to human health. And so uh, testing in the field, replacing MERV 13s on a one-for-one basis, we saw, and measuring uh, CFU, so having a, a third-party lab come in to measure the bacteria, Uh, We actually saw a two and a quarter times improvement from that MERV 13, uh, and that was running it at the exact same airflow. Uh, With that uh, same study, we saw a 75% reduction in fan motor consumption. So it was a heat pump running at about 4,100 CFM on the MERV 13, 4.66 amps. We came in, installed our unit. We increased airflow to about 5,200 CFM, rebalanced that back down to 4,100 saw that bring down the fan motor consumption to 1.06 amps and uh, 60 hertz to 48 hertz, moving the same amount of air and just having two and a quarter times better filtration.
1: Okay. Now that you have sufficiently melted the minds of everybody, (laughs) mine included, it's a lot of good information and it certainly requires uh, revisiting and and thoroughly understanding it. The, The consensus of what I'm gathering is huge. Uh, benefit from uh, a filtration as well as energy consumption. A lot of the people that are listening to this podcast wanna know or are going to want to know, all right, from a practical standpoint, how do I put the filters in? What do I have to do to the existing filter rack to accommodate the filter and how do I wire them? Because at at the end of the show, man, we're, we're all contractors and we gotta hit it and get it. So give us the the down and dirty on getting the system installed on the electrostatic I'm talking about.
2: So the electrostatic is is incredibly easy. Uh, We only manufacture it to a maximum of a two inch size. The reason for that is that uh, lab testing and field testing have shown that we can replace a four, six, even a 12 inch or a bag filter system with a standard two inch. So uh, the only thing that you might need to do to the existing filter rack is add a spacer in there if it's above two inches. Uh, If it's a single-inch or just a one-inch unit, we have those as well. That's no problem. So that would be the only adjustment that you need to make is uh, just putting a spacer in there if it's over one or two inches as it is today. In terms of powering the units, uh, they come pre-installed with a daisy chain connector on them. So you can sequence units together on the install, V-bank, filter wall, uh, whatever you have. Uh, The units will connect to one another, and uh, you can simplify your install by not needing to bring power to each one. Hold on a second.
1: How do they daisy chain? Is this a a finger-to-finger connection, or what does that look like? Cable.
2: Got it. So it comes pre-installed with a daisy chain connector just like this. So this is the actual power connector, or one of them. So just like this if you want to do a direct connection it's that simple we also sell um an actual convenience plug for them as well so it'll be this same uh connector on it but instead of giving you the option to hardwire it we can just provide you with a uh, if most rooftop units have convenience plugs in them already so if you just want to plug it in and call it a day that's no problem you can
1: do that so you're plugging a transformer in 120 to 24 okay yep. And is that cable 2550 fire and smoke rated for return air plenums?
2: They all are, yeah. Read, we, we were very careful about selecting uh, which components had to go into all of this.
1: Well, I, I ask because my colleagues will be curious. <laughs> Thank you for that.
2: <laughs> no, it's a great question. It's a great question. Thank you. Um, and sorry, Greg, you mentioned that you were interested in the uh, – the UV trial. We do have a trial that's actually running for these ones right now. So uh, I'd be happy to share you the details for that. And then you just send me whatever filter sizes you need and we'll get that sorted as well. It's a free trial uh, for any client that has uh, over 50,000 square feet of space. We're letting them do a free energy assessment to see how does this unit compare to their existing solution set the grounds for success with the client in advance. If it's successful, great, roll it out. If it's not, well, they just got better indoor air quality for two weeks, no risk, no harm. We pay for everything as well. So the contractors get paid, don't worry, <laughs> regardless of it's successful or not.
1: Okay, so I wanna, I wanna think forward to, okay, we've got the filter bank installed. Uh, it's in an air conditioner on the roof. Uh, Our guy comes up to do maintenance or Our Lady, depending on which location we're talking about. So we've worked really hard in this agglomeration of debris around these carbon rods that are carbon fingers running through the filter. In order to keep that filter loaded during the installation of that filter, do you unplug it and, and then it it's going to stay or what, what's the chances of that debris falling back into the return duct? I always worry about that.
2: Uh, you, you don't have any risk or concern there. Once it's attached, it's attached. Uh, when you are servicing, I, I do recommend uh, unplugging or, or depowering just, uh, you know, you can, I've, I've tested this so I can, I can verify that you can touch the unit, run your hand along it while it's plugged in. Uh, there's not enough arcing in it again to actually harm you, but uh you know, safety first. Yeah. So uh, just unplug it to service.
1: It's, it's a you know, safety is something that I'm, I'm responsible for at Service Logic. So I always like to think through that piece because we have people. Absolutely. We have 5,600 people, you know, in the organization, and I don't want to put any of them at risk. So I always like to make sure that I know yeah. what we're doing because <laughs> I don't want my boss calling me saying, what are you doing? So, um, but <laughs>
2: I I can promise you that. Oh, sorry. uh, I was going to say I can promise you that of all the vendors that you work with, I don't think you'll find someone who has more health and safety documents readily available. Unions and school boards are uh, very, very keen on the uh, safety of their employees too, and so there was a lot of document preparation done for the school boards we work with here. So anything health and safety related, I, I promise you, we we have that readily accessible
1: that's that's good uh good information so we've kind of talked about two different technologies we've talked about the u v uh light application and and what you do with it. We've talked about the electrostatic filtration and what you do with it. The combination obviously is is the golden ticket you know that's what we want to strive for so um I think we've got a good basic understanding of what Blade is all about. So tell us, how do we get in touch with you? How can we learn more? And what should our next steps be uh, if if we do one of our companies or me or whoever want to get in touch with you? What's the easiest way and kind of what's the, the route to success?
2: The easiest way is is to go onto the website. We have an area where you can uh, submit a message to us, leave all of your contact details and exactly what you're looking for. Uh, we're very, very excited at the prospect of working with your companies. We have heard so many great things from Applied Systems and we love working with with those guys there as well. Phenomenal group of people. So uh, we're very keen to to find new partners like that. And we believe that Service logic is very representative as a whole through applied systems uh, from what we've heard. So uh, please feel free to reach out on the website. We can coordinate uh, in-person training sessions, virtual training sessions. We're happy to come and meet you and your team, send demos, send sample products, and uh, really help you to get a full, more comprehensive understanding of what the technology is. Uh, my personal email is afida that's alpha foxtrot india delta alpha, at bladeair.com, so you could reach out to me anytime. Uh, Phone number 905-806-1816. I'm happy to take anybody's call uh, at any time. Just super, super excited about the prospect of this, and uh, really right now we have come to really solidify our position in the Canadian market, and we're looking at expansion into the U.S. And in order to do that, we want to find the right partners who we can trust and rely on to, uh, to work with us as we work to, to capture new business.
0: Aiden, before we let you go, I just have to jump in here and ask you, because we just celebrated Earth Day. And I know, of course, the better product, the lower price are key components that everybody's looking for. But let's just briefly, if you can talk about sustainability, because I know this is really important for the company mm-hmm. as well. And I think people out there would love to hear it as well.
2: Yeah, no, uh, definitely. The company, actually, when we started back in 2017, it was around this idea of the world's first zero waste carbon filter. So uh, we have always been very, very focused on innovation that makes our customers' lives easier, that makes uh, our products more affordable. So uh, cut costs both from from operations perspective and from spend perspective, uh, but also making it a meaningful impact. And so when we look at how things are going today, especially in indoor air quality, Forbes put out an article at the end of 2022 uh, that actually asked the question of, is there an intersection between uh, indoor air quality and sustainability, given the new mandates and the new regulations and suggestions around using these super high-end filters that are MRF-13s that traditionally have been medical-grade pre-filters, and so, uh, we saw that as an opportunity to, to really make a mark in the industry and let people know that we are that intersection. We can help customers find ways to achieve that sustainability, find their energy savings, uh, while also improving the, uh, the lives of their employees and their tenants and, uh, and their working spaces, uh, and also save money. So it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It goes back to that triple bottom line. Uh, that, that you hear about all the time, people, profit, planet, and really taking that message home and, and making something special. Win,
0: well, win, win. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you guys both know ESG is becoming more and more important for everybody, including our large customers who are asking us, how are you helping? What What's your ESG program? What are you doing to contribute to the good and not so much on the bad? So uh, interesting. uh are, are great information there on that. So we're going to throw your information up on the screen, Aiden, at the end of this thing, but uh, the website is, is triple W what? www.bladeair.com. Good deal.
0: Wonderful. Well, Michelle,
1: I think we've got another uh, interesting and robust podcast in the book here.
0: Absolutely. And a great conversation. Um, you know, Greg, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's just, it's, it's so important to see, you know, where things are going and the fact that Aiden was able to kind of give us some Added information and uh, clear up any misconceptions. And it's interesting to see how things will play out in the future and getting better on that three pronged approach. So, um, looking forward to hearing the feedback from this because I know there will probably be a lot of questions, a lot of people wanting to get a hold of you, Aiden, and have some additional questions for you. So, as Greg said, we will have that contact information up there. Aiden Fita, Chief Executive Officer for Blade Air. Aiden, it was a pleasure. And of course, Greg. Crumpton is the vice president of Service Logic. Always great to hang with you and have some great conversation. So thank you both for being here. I know everybody appreciates your time and another good conversation, as you said, Greg, in the books. Thank
1: you very much, Aiden. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for your time. Great meeting you both. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Aiden. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Conversations from the Edge. It is a Service Logic podcast. Of course, if you have any questions about Service Logic, you can visit their website as well. Thank you for joining us again. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. We hope you subscribe to this podcast to hear other great conversations as well. And we look forward to seeing you soon.